You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture, coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. Yes, but I don't That's have okay. any pumpkins. Yes, upstairs. but those are technically fruits. And so she, okay. if you leave fruits. She broke my bowl. And then Jamie permanently broke my bowl. Like Aria broke my bowl. Yeah, Jamie's really And a piece at fault went, there. like, it just broke in half. Like, I that could have glued right. it back together. But then Jamie was like, what happened to this bowl? It was one of my cute bowls. And yes. I was like, Aria broke it. And he oh, has, it was even a cute and he bowl. Was like, yes, oh. it was a very it was cute really bowl. really cute. And he was like, should I just throw it away? I'm like, no, it can be glued back together. And then he dropped it. Yeah, like on cue. And it shattered. And that was the end. And I had to just <laughs> walk away. She like went outside. <laughs> I was so, I love those bowls. Oh, boy. They were so happy. Okay. That's a thing. Like if you're eating food, to new husbands. If you put it in a cute bowl, Don't it just makes you feel bowls. better. It's it's a thing. If you're eating Chick Fil A, why would you eat Chick Fil A out of a bowl? To not that get the sauce packet in your hair. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. Oh, burn for Dr. Perna. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, Look out it was now. a good day. <laughs> it, it is a good day. Um, it is the day that we're celebrating the vocal fry anniversary. Um, just got like a little Facebook notification like one year ago today, and I was like, oh. One year ago today. Yeah, it was all rocking. Anyway, we celebrated that last week on the podcast, so we don't need to talk about that because today, well, there's multiple things we want to do today. Yeah, we do. One, I want to talk a little bit about data because I have some analysis done. Woohoo! Two, these two are on a tear about one subject sources. Oh, this is that's not what mine is. Oh. Mine. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, bad. hold on, and then. We'll mix in some pop culture here at the end somehow. Um, I so I, because I honestly don't know where they're going with sources. Get ready. So, so I'm gonna put a disclaimer on this. <gasps> you are not to reference the yeah, titles or the authors not. Not because they very well may be listeners to the podcast or something. Seems or unlikely <laughs> for mine. Um, <laughs> You know, but but we don't want we're not trying to deliberately identify, call anyone out here on the podcast. Uh, and I'm not even really sure exactly what they're going to say. We'll get ready for it. But they've Let both they've both come we're off just another tired of your assignments. <laughs> they've both. I was just going to say they both come off another week of I writing for to. research and writing. And uh, so where are we going with this conversation? Because I'm not really sure. Well, Leah is, in fact, ranting about the, like, one person Not studies. even that. Like, some of it, I get it. Like, it's a pilot study. Like, okay. Sure. Although I don't totally... Especially if you're identifying it that way. Yeah, right. Although I'm, I'm still not totally sure, like, how much actual usable Ideas. data you can get from one person, you know? When the one person is also a co-author. Yes. And that happened to me again. Again, with some of your data, some, kind some of, of your sources. Like I was looking at another study, and I'd gotten like halfway through it, and then it mentions at this point in the study, I, it was like, you know, this single subject was also the single subject in this other study, and I was like, wait a minute, and I went to the references and was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Is no one else available? <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> it was the 90s. I'd just like to point that out. I, this one I wasn't. Was, oh, it wasn't. The first one wasn't. I don't remember. Oh, no, you know, know what? Actually, so it would have been from the two aughts. You're right. It yeah. would have been from the two aughts. You're totally right. I don't know. I've looked at so many studies. I can't keep them all straight in my it head. It was a wild time. Yeah. And then there were these other... You'll see. I mean, you'll see in my in my paper this week. Two of my studies, honestly, I think are just nonsense. But I try not to let you know that in the paper. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Really um, that. But I think you're happy to let me know that off the air and yes. even identify them. I yes. mean, that's that's just perfectly I mean, yeah. good because there. Look, here's the thing. I think with some of those things. There is some interesting information that we can glean. That's what I even mentioned them. that. Like even if even if they provide like conflicting information with another study, you still like you still learn something cuz you're still like, well, that's we can't prove that. Right. And I think it's even go it sort of ties into our research in the idea that large body studies are pointless until you've done something with a smaller body of subjects i mean like it's almost like you need to know if you need to look at something with a larger pool of people but before you waste all that effort and time well and i also like i mean obviously i'm all about research i like learning new things but (laughs) it's like i'm not even sure that we're really getting anywhere because there's so many factors to consider and nobody wants to do the same thing that somebody else has already done which again and yet that's what science is but that's what you need like that's what we need to do in order to find out like if we can actually confirm these patterns i will say you know does that make sense yeah i will say on the idea of uh, speaking to the idea of low subjects Mm -hmm. low ends as we would say in the in the literature a couple of years ago, it's probably more than a couple of years ago now, I want to say this is maybe Voice Foundation 2015-ish. Um, Ron Shearer, who's professor of speech sciences at Bowling Green State University in Ohio, one of the more important voice scientists, in my opinion, of the last 50 years. Um, really brilliant man. And, I mean, practically is one of the people who's basically written the book on aerodynamics. And he basically called out specifically singing voice researchers Mm -hmm. and basically said you've all got to get your ends up yeah um that i mean when you consider how much of the bulk of data that is produced on the singing voice is with low number subjects and and here's the thing i'm a part of that other people have been. I mean, I mean, I yeah, mean, and you I know, mean, these subjects. I get it. I mean, for example, and I, and, and and just because this man has such a body of literature out there, I don't think this is calling him out because I want to say that we owe the world to Johann Sundberg. I mean, we 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 do in the singing voice community, voice science community, like we owe the world to Johann Sundberg, and yet Sundberg himself has published studies with ends of one. Yeah, and and, and I'm I'm not calling him out because of that. It, when he does when he's done when he did those studies they were still clean science right there was a good method you know there was there there was good rationale for doing it but you know so even my point in using his name one is his record is indisputable i mean so yeah let's not think less of johan <laughs> sundberg 
but also I'm using his name as even saying that even he even contributed, the best of the best, even the best of the best. This contributed to low end numbers which i get that because i mean how much did we struggle to get what did we end up with 11 people you know so i mean i get it like there is not just always necessarily a ton of people willing to be part of a exact research study and i get that and i think that you know hardcore researchers you basically can't run like parametric statistics on less than like 20 people i mean it's sort of not even possible um, I mean, you can do basic things on like, you know, standard deviations and this kind of stuff, but you really can't like run heavy statistics when you don't have a large subject pool. And that's one of the reasons that people want bigger subject pools. Also, it just it creates more validity well, to the statements you're trying to make. And also, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but just because um, there, there, there's nothing any of us can do about this, but just the nature of human subjects and how many other variables in their life i mean like with our study with yes i mean they have to come in four different days like you have no idea what's happened in their life like hours of sleep how much sleep they got what kind of mood they're in like mood yeah what they ate for breakfast what they ate for it did they eat breakfast yeah and so did they drink coffee did they not drink coffee yeah just a thousand variables that we can't i mean we can't control those you know one like like in a way the only variable that we really did can from a from an environmental impact standpoint is we made we ensured that none of them had done rigorous singing Singing. prior to coming in and being subjects you know, they had not had a voice lesson. They had not had a choral rehearsal or an opera rehearsal or a band rehearsal or, you know, yeah. any of these kind of things. But it's, it is, it's, you're totally, you're awakening to the idea of why voice research is hard. You know? Yeah. Um, you don't like that use of that word I, I from the look on your faces. <laughs> I don't. Is that a bad word? No, no. it's not the word. It's but just then like... I imagine being like, you're woke. <laughs> She's so woke. Anyway, what was your problem with your sources? Ooh, I got real mad about this. So I read this study. Sarah's looking at sources that all have to do with muscle tension dysphonia. I I just want to. Also, just side note about the um, before we move on to yours, the um, the studies that I was talking about that I think are nonsense. So, like, if you're reading my summary and being like, "This doesn't make sense," I agree. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Very good. So continue. Okay, so I'm reading this study, and I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but, like, one of the things, they they only, like, assessed their results based on four things, and one of those was roughness of the voice. And there's one little... uh, Roughness as in, like, on, like, a... uh, On a speech path scale? Are we talking about, like, roughness? Okay, Like the G-R-B-A-S. Okay, okay, I don't know if you could call it Gerbas. No, Gerbas, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I call it in my head. We're not talking about auditory roughness here. No, we are talking about, like, on... The on that scale on okay that very scale. good i just wanted to so, just want to because roughness is a tricky word yeah it's a weird one because i've encountered it a bunch but sometimes it means one thing that's not the point though <laughs> the point is they only used roughness from the gerba scale which okay. was interesting to me to begin with because that was the only one they got conclusions from oh no wait well i think yes like i think they probably did do it all based but there's one little sentence hidden in this Flipping long Oh, and that's what intro. you're looking for. Those one little sentences. There's one little sentence so hidden in the it, this. I mean, the intro is pages, pages. Um, and it says that like 
it should be noted that only parti- only data was included for in this study in the results they gave you from participants who successfully completed treatment and then registered at least a one point decrease in their roughness scale which is what they were going for. They literally only included people. They only included the data from participants in the study that it did. That it was successful that for. That was successful for. Yeah. Well, and what about one sentence? Yikes. One sentence. Well, and what about your study that you finished reading, like that was um, at, with a handheld? Yeah, because I, I t- I've mentioned this to him before. But yeah, that on top of, you know, like the last week I read one. I don't mind calling that out. I mean, I'll straight up call that out. There is a study that Sarah presented with the Novafon. I like think we're vibration saying that right. device. Vibration device, which would be like a sort of like a medical-based personal massager. Yeah. It's but it it's it's sort of pinpoint almost. Like I, it it I has like so. a tip to it the way it looks. It's been, it's been a week. But, I, it, it, weren't pictures. but the study <laughs> at the very end, like I read this whole thing and it's interesting. That's what's the and the worst it's part is like I just wasted so much. And of at my the life. very end of the study, it says like <laughs> Thanks to Novaphone for like sponsoring this study. Hashtag bias. And yeah. I was like, well, are you kidding me? And like to give the guy credit, like it wasn't just like this gushing endorsement of the Novaphone. Yeah, like whoever did this study seemed to maintain, seemed to in- maintain integrity. integrity. But yeah. I just yeah. can't, in all, like I can't read this and think that there's no way that bias came in. Well, they like, also yeah. weren't testing that device against other devices. They weren't. Right. It was just the. <laughs> Nova phone device. Well, and that's like with this study, I was just like, are you for real? Like I just read and it's hidden in this long intro. Like, let's be real. You kind of like, or at least I have a tendency to kind of skim through some of these lengthy, yeah. dry, sure. especially when it's lit- when it's just doing like the technical statistical data. I was going to say some of the discussion stuff. I'm like, like, get me to the results. I mean, the res- yeah, well, yeah. It, the results is what sometimes you can skip over. It's the discussion you really want to read. Yeah, exactly. And just to have it, just that one little sentence hidden in the intro. And I was like, this is major. (laughs) I mean, maybe the information you've presented is valid, but I'll never know because you threw out any data that didn't support. I will say you brought up a a, a nice little thing there that you can relate to another point to research, though, which is one of the things you really are looking for in lit reviews like for example, when the two of you are doing working, you know, in in future years on a dissertation, what you're really looking for in your lit review is someone else who says that you need that that what you want to do needs to be done. I feel like that's all I've said in every source synthesis paper. I'm like, this is all great. I need more. Yeah, I, that's basically what I'm like. They should do this. No, but you need to actually more. find it in the literature. I am the literature. And someone's <laughs> saying because no, because I'll go back to my own. I'll go back to my own dissertation. I think when I presented the idea to my chair and my committee, they were like, "Okay, does anybody else say that this needs to be done?" And then when I found the the Birch study, Birch et al. Journal of Voice 2002, that was with Sundberg. Mm-hmm. That one of the things that they specifically said was that exactly what I wanted to look at with my dissertation needed to be done. Oh, well, there you go. And and so after you find that one sentence, it's like the rest of your dissertation, essentially, then you can do whatever you want to do with it because someone else has said this should be done. This should happen. 
Well, um, I am saying and, it for a lot. And of that stuff. is all the firepower you need usually for your com- to convince your committee. Oh. Um, is because then an expert who's an identified expert, meaning they've published in a refereed journal, essentially. In this case, it happened to be on a team that included Johann Sundberg. That sounds nice. Said that this thing should be done, and uh, so that's that's really that it, finding like that little gem. But also, sometimes when you are reading things, you find a sentence that all of a sudden you're like, "Wait a minute!" Well, I'm wondering <laughs> how did this get published? How did somebody read through this and say, "Yeah, this seems like valid research that should go in Journal of Voice." Sure. Well, I mean, you know, it it it's probably very clean. Their method was probably very clean. I'm trying to think about what their method was now. You know. No, that's the other thing. Like honestly, I thought I thought the idea behind their study was a very valid and interesting idea, but I thought the actual thing of they were literally test mm, I can't say it. <laughs> oh! They just I felt I had a lot of issues with it. But I thought it presented an interesting idea that if somebody went and like just did a completely different study with the same concept, the same treatment method, that it, it would be interesting to see what the results were. Indeed. I just I'm I'm worked up over it. I want to find. I mean, I can't go find these people, but I want to like email them. It said like if you want to contact, like I had like contact <laughs> emails for them. <laughs> I will say, since that Novafon study is out there, as we do move toward personal massage devices, I think we need to get one of those well, and, and like pilot it just with ourselves. Yeah. Like that versus like another device that has been recommended by like Vibrant Voice Technique or something like that. Like just to, just to get an idea of the differences in the devices um, to to see which device we think might be best to test. Yeah, I agree. Because hm. I do think that's the thing that makes the most sense moving forward. I still think that's the thing that makes the based most sense this, moving yeah. forward. Based on based on what we're seeing. Um, Excuse me. Oh. I love it when you two are on tears. It's great. <laughs> it shows that you're actually graduate students. Go fight some people. If you're not I'm getting soapboxy as a graduate student, when else are you getting soapboxy? <laughs> All the time. Yeah, I, I so have you met us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first things first. I want to claim this property as our intellectual property. This yeah, data. Claim it. This data. Uh, to yourself. This, this data. Intellectual property. <laughs> this data that I am citing on the podcast belongs to Dr. John Schweinfurth, Miss Josie Alston, myself, Nicholas Perna, Miss Sarah Pigott, and Miss Leah Oswald. You should <laughs> mail it to yourself. Um, not that I'm really that worried about someone stealing our intellectual property, but Nevertheless, I'm sit here I've, and transcribe I've every little bit of Finally, <laughs> I've got them now. Um, if you look at your first half sheet, so this is how I've. I just want to give for our audience and for you too. This is this is this is how I've divided this. So we have used the third token, pre and post. So we're treating token one and two as practice. I still have the data. Yeah. But we're essentially treating them as practice because, to be honest, token one with everybody is pointless. Goodness, There's no, yes. they, yeah. it's the first time they're singing into a mask. Yeah. It is absolutely pointless. And so, and even token two, I think, is, is just 
it was giving them another shot at practice. So what we're really looking at analyzing are the third token pre and post. Okay, and so that is the data that you have on these sheets. And then I took and broke that down into one sheet that looks at the four days just with airflow, which is the half sheet that you have. Yeah. Then there is a sheet that looks at before and after of the four days of laryngeal airway resistance. So the airflow and the subglottic pressure, which could be considered a measure of efficiency. And so in, so in other words, if we would see more airflow going back to the first sheet, increased airflow we would consider a good thing. Yeah, I like that you have little... Um, instruction kind of manuals. Instruction, yeah, little... Yeah. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a key. Right. Increase desirable. So in terms of laryngeal airway resistance, while this might be counterintuitive to some people thinking about the singing voice, we actually want to see a decrease in laryngeal airway resistance because that would have increased flow with slightly lowered subglottal pressure. But we have to remember that the subglottal pressure has to be enough for them to still produce the pitch. And, and it was yeah. in all cases. Um, and so... So that's we're looking for a decrease there as a preferable thing. On the third sheet then, and, and well, let's talk about those two sheets first, and we'll get into the third and fourth sheets if we have time. Um, so in terms of airflow, yeah, only five of our 11 subjects okay, demonstrated increased airflow after vocalizing. Six of our 11 subjects actually demonstrated decreased airflow. Hmm. Interesting. Only five of our 11 subjects demonstrated increased airflow after just sitting there for 10 minutes during their silence day. Nice. The day that we had people do laryngeal manipulation and then vocalize, the fourth day, only four of our 11 subjects had increased airflow. But the day that they just sat there and did the laryngeal manipulation video and did not sing between singing and singing, so they did their pre-tokens, they did their laryngeal manipulation video, and then they did their post-tokens. Seven of our 11 subjects demonstrated increased airflow. That's awesome. That is fascinating. It truly is. Why do you think this is? Okay, well, let's, let's <laughs> come back to that for okay. a second. On, in terms of laryngeal airway resistance, again, pressure versus flow as one measure, so a measure of efficiency. Six, after vocalizing, six of our 11 subjects demonstrated decreased laryngeal airway resistance. So six of our 11 subjects were more efficient after vocalizing. About probably what I would expect. After their day of silence, only four of 11 subjects demonstrated decreased laryngeal airway resistance. So sitting there didn't do them much good. Shocking. <laughs> the day that we had them do laryngeal manipulation and singing. Which did we do? Because I was never here on Thursdays. Which, what did we have them do first? Yeah, laryngeal manipulation. Okay. Always laryngeal manipulation. And then, then vocalization. Which 
future study. We need well, to flip. If you flipped them, because yeah. that's what I was thinking. Okay. Only three of 11 subjects showed decreased laryngeal airway resistance that's the so day we had them do both. Weird. But wait, yeah. there's more. <laughs> wow. The day we had them just sit there and do laryngeal manipulation between a singing task of pa, 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 and a singing task of pa, 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 eight of our 11 subjects demonstrated decreased laryngeal airway resistance. Eight of 11 subjects were more efficient after sitting there and doing that. And that reflects very much the seven subjects which were similar who had increased airflow. And so the airflow was responsible for a lot of that. The increased airflow demonstrated a lot of the decrease in laryngeal airway resistance. Now, I will say a couple of things about some specific subjects. Subject 11, we may need to just throw out. I was going to say, because some of that data is... At the same time, at the same... Here's the problem with subject 11. Subject 11 demonstrates almost no airflow. At all. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. And... It has made, and I actually went back at into the PAS software today to look at subject nine is before we broadcast. No, you may not ask who it is. No, I'm not asking who it is, but you just calm down. You just, I wasn't going to ask who it is, but you just referred to, I think, someone as two different subject numbers. What did I just say? Subject nine. Oh, you I'm sorry. I meant subject eleven. I'm still yeah. talking about subject 11. Oh, I went okay. back into subject 11 today. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm only talking about subject 11 right now. No, I was just going to ask if that was the person that I had so much trouble finding anything to analyze. No. Okay. But their third samples were fine. Yeah. Interesting. No, that was subject 8, who I'll come back to. Cool. Okay. Subject 11... Because that subject demonstrated so little airflow. And here's the interesting thing. In no way would you consider perceptually Subject 11 to be a poor singer. Hmm. And so I'm very interested to see, once Josie's done analyzing the perceptual Cape V data, how it compares to this data of aerodynamics. Yeah, That's going to be one of our most interesting statements that we're able to make is how the perceptual reflects um, the aerodynamics. Because this particular subject seems to just sing with an exceptionally long closed phase, with exceptionally low airflow, and exceptionally high levels of subglottic pressure. Which is not altogether not reflective of this individual's singing, but that doesn't mean it's not quality singing. And although the levels of airflow are so low, it's alarming. And so it does make one ponder exactly what's going on. (laughs) It also makes me want to eliminate their data as a subject altogether. Because their numbers of laryngeal airway resistance are triple, quadruple, times a hundred above anybody else's because solely because 
they sing with that little airflow. It's not necessarily that their subglottal pressure is that much more than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. In fact, their subglottal pressure is, for example, reasonably close to subject one's. Subject one and subject 11 have very similar subglottic pressure readings, but subject one who perceptually might be seen as not quite as equivalent a singer as Subject 11, sings with a great deal more airflow. Yeah, that's true. So, I'm not sure... I, I wanted to go back into the software just to look at their actual waveforms. And, I mean, you can just see it in the airflow. There's just no airflow. There's, like, just no airflow. Now... Again, it's a question of, are they singing with that high of contact quotient? I mean, are we talking about a contact, a CQ in the 80s? And then I know you don't it's love... It's possible. It is possible. I know you don't love the EGG, like electroglottic graph. Gosh, what a word. <laughs> I hate You're that You're outing word. me for not being in love with an, a device that I very much support. But yes, that's fine. I thought you... Okay, whatever. Um, but that would be an interesting component to like add in the future yes. and see we probably need to add egg measures and now that we can do that on voce vista video pro oh yeah with the d-e-g-g with the deg the um the derivative egg mm -hmm. i'm much more inclined to be willing to do that okay it would just be a fuller picture i like that's the thing like when i'm reading You're all this right. research i'm like i would love to get like as complete of a picture of what's going on as possible we also and have I to remember that look how much time it took just to do this oh i know i know it's like not great because then you know of course you have to like strap them into the EGG right. and you have to make sure you so have the them. electrodes are aligned we have to make sure they're aligned you have to make sure the like and are they singing with more tighter musculature just because a thing is strapped around their yeah. neck well I mean are they singing weirder because they're singing into a mask mm -hmm. like right so many questions so many questions i will point out something about subject eight on the laryngeal airway resistance um sheet sub in fact i'll have you actually reference subjects both seven and eight mm -hmm. if you'll note that their numbers are fairly similar across the board um meaning their pre and post do not show that much differential. That is because they were fairly consistent, period. Just all the way, period. And what I would reference about that is, I'll use myself as an example here, just as a singer, from a, sing a pure singing perspective. I, generally speaking, when I'm in the middle of a run of a show, like Turandot last spring, I don't warm up. Because I'm singing every day, and... I have no need to warm up because my voice is just in shape and I'm not learning something new yeah. and I'm just in the middle of a run. I generally don't warm up. And so I would imagine that like if I was daily vocalizing, having my performance voice-esque up, that my before and afters if we did aerodynamic data on me with all of these interventions would be fairly similar yeah i like i mean i've even thought i don't i've i've always thought regardless of how necessarily in shape my voice was I mean, i'm sure that helps but just that i don't need a super long time to warm up i don't know right. why just 
Like, there are days, like, I mean... Because, I mean, my voice lessons with Dr. Spivak are at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. And so, like, honestly, most of the time, that's the first time I've spoken that day. Right. You know what I mean? Unless I run into Sarah leaving the house and we say something. Right. It's the first time I've spoken. And, yeah, we know... The dog. But we also do know that, at least from a psychological perspective, there are people who like really believe that they, that they need cannot a sing in the morning that, and that they need a rigorous warm up. Yeah. Well, see, that's my thing is like, if I'm in the middle of a show and like, I am like singing so much that I might even be worried that like, I'm fatiguing my voice in yeah. any way. Like, even if I'm really good in really good shape, I'm like, uh, I don't want so much. I don't want to warm up. I don't want to do a big warm up. Like yeah. I'll do a little just to like get me warm and maybe like my upper register. But, but I remember even in, in high school before I had really any concept of how, I mean, in shape my voice was or really anything about right. vocal health. We had um, my choir met the first period of the day because Oof. the teacher was only like, he was only part time because he was a music minister at another church. So he was just coming in basically to teach the choir. choir. And um, so, I mean, that was at, you know, 830 in the morning. Oh, and I honestly just, but see, I never really like, it never really bothered me that much. I, I don't know. I just, sure. so I think I would be. That would almost stru- like because I had choir first period like my freshman and sophomore year of high school, and it was almost it wasn't even so much that my voice was like not was not awake. It was that I my body was not awake. <laughs> yeah, that I was like mm, yeah. I want to be. No, I think bed. honestly, actually, <laughs> Spivak and I have talked about that. I don't know. Actually, the morning lessons I think work pretty well for me because I haven't gotten a chance to like get like tense and stressed out throughout the day you know what i mean like yes. first thing in the morning i'm just I but mean, so maybe laryngeal manipulation <laughs> in that regard might be better for you if you have an evening performance later in the day yeah, maybe Ooh, Honestly, what maybe. if we did that at some way like if we did this but we had everybody do their laryngeal manipulation at like the end of the day mm-hmm. <laughs> i i know it'd th- be even better if we actually took data from a performer that's what i'm thinking like pre-performance at intermission and post-performance what if we could get a whole show of people to cooperate Uh, with us or one person who would be a co-author on the study oh wait we could do that we could do that we could probably even get two people yes i'm talking about i know i am too i'm there with you what is with people i'm there (laughs) i am i am Getting it. Okay, very good. Sort of. um, I'm actually going to hold the last two sheets for next week's podcast. Suspense. Come so, back. Because the last two <laughs> sheets, actually, then I have more comparative measures because I, I broke it down with a sheet that has flow versus airway resistance um, and uh, also a sheet um, that then incorporates airway resistance and sound pressure level. <laughs> um so efficiency and volume well sound pressure level i don't want to say volume it's not volume loudness would be a more correct term um so we'll look at those next week Woo-hoo! i mean i'm going to be looking at them all week but we'll talk about them on the podcast next week because if i don't start writing for voice foundation abstract like tomorrow it's well and it'll be monday we're not gonna get it we're not gonna get it done tomorrow because it's due the 31st i'm building the opera set tomorrow <gasps> oh yeah yay yay do you need uh, help uh, i'm not being rehearsal i'm just praying it doesn't rain 
It's going to rain. I know. <laughs> There's a cold front coming through. Yay. I know. Today's high is 82. Tomorrow's high is 67. And I predict it will drop. Like and Monday's <laughs> low is 49. I hate that. I love <gasps> meteorology. Whew. That's my other thing I could get excited uh, about. If I've not said it on the podcast, I would prefer if the temperature never dropped below 75 degrees ever. Maybe even 80. I could, I could handle it to like 65. See, I used to think that I hated cold weather, despised it. And I mean, it's, pro- it's still probably not my favorite. But here's the thing I learned when we went to Europe last year, you know, in like December and January. In fact. I think part of my aversion to cold weather is that I've never had the proper Clothing. gear for it. Because oh, I live yeah. in Mississippi and I'm not going to buy stuff that I'm going to use three times. Right. But so like, because in Europe, I really didn't mind because I had a really big coat and hat and scarves and snow boots. And, and I mean, it wasn't that cold. I mean, it was mostly like 30s and 40s. That is like really pretty consistently. Cold. Cold. But it's different than our cold. Okay, I was because say, there's not I know we talk about humidity all the time, but there is something about that like wet cold that seeps into it your just, bones. It does. And you're oh, never going to shake. And so it it's... I hate it. So when you're wearing it. warm clothes, like 30 and 40 doesn't the, feel that bad. The coldest I think I've ever felt cold be, and I've felt <laughs> negative 20 in the north. Gross. Mm, yeah, no. would not like that. Reject. Decline. <laughs> I will take 100 and, degrees. And that, that was that was actual that. that was actual temperature, not wind chill. Stop! I'm vomiting. I <laughs> don't think that that felt as cold. I remember a day while I lived in Miami that it was 42 degrees in South Florida. That is the coldest cold I ever remember feeling in my life yeah because miami is still in the tropics yeah and humid and it's 42 degrees and seriously humid yeah it's it's gross it it is insufferable i mean it is just yeah no i mean i remember like one of the times that we went to new york with singers in january like it was very cold that week and like even snowed one day but but like it was not that bad and then i remember like the first day we got back to mississippi and it was cold, but probably the temperature was actually warmer. Mm-hmm. But I was, I mean, so much more miserable. Yeah, with the humidity, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, do we have any big pop culture news this week? Well, we sort of did. Uh, Spider Man set photos got leaked oh, this week. I didn't see those. Wait, am I? We've all been very busy this week. I'm have to find the Spider Man set photos were leaked. Looks looks a little bit like his suit's gray and black and white at oh, times. Yeah. They Tom have Holland a, is a precious little chair. They've they've also apparently wrapped. They wrapped yesterday. Oh yay. Um and which is very interesting considering that Avengers Four just wrapped. Uh, I'm assuming that Spider Man is coming out next summer. I haven't seen the yeah. release date on that yet. I will um, see that one with you guys. I love Spider-Man. Far From Home. What? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, I watched uh, it on the plane back from Europe. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. So it I'm, was I, really I, good. It was I, so I, cute. I am very much looking forward to that. I will say the Russo brothers and their constant trolling of the internet rude. Is, is getting to the point where it's rude. Um and and I don't I, I want to make sure I've said this in the podcast because this has come into my into mind. Into the Spider-Verse? That's what it's called. No, the movie's called Far from Far from Home. The movie. I must be looking at a different the one. The new. That's oh, the that's the video oh my game, gosh. isn't it? 
Yes, it's got Nicolas Cage in it. What have I stumbled upon? <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Who knows? Oh, um, the oh, I know what I wanted to say. So the Russo brothers keep trolling the internet with Avengers Four stuff, like mm-hmm. like the fact that they've wrapped pro, you know reshoots and this that and the other, like the the set photo that by the way may in fact have um one of an actual iron man weapon in it that we totally missed when we thought that post said end game which maybe it didn't say end game i still think it said end game but whatever uh apparently his uh the cannon that he used in the um the capcom game that was the giant proton cannon yeah. is apparently in the background and so much that Marvel Studios actually released a picture of it and called it the proton cannon. So we're assuming that Iron Man's actually going to get his proton cannon. Uh, All right. And apparently it's in the background of one of the war machine scenes um, huh. in Infinity War. Very interesting. But what I wanted to say on the podcast, because I think I, I, I can't remember if I've actually said it, and I want to make sure that I said it on the podcast. Yeah. Perna's prediction, sure to go wrong for 2019, <laughs> is, okay. that, uh, is that Avengers 4 will get released in theaters without a trailer. Mm, I mean, risky. they could, honestly, they could do it, though. I believe, I think they'll release the title. I think it will release they a should. title. I do not believe that Avengers 4 will get a trailer. If it's a trailer, Need four of those movies. If it, oh my gosh! Can we like? I don't even know. Can we kick Lee off the podcast <laughs> That's exactly right what now? I was about to say. <gasps> like, um, okay, fine. Watch I'm eating my <laughs> Perna's prediction, sure to go wrong, for 2019, is that Avengers four will released in theaters without a single second of footage from the actual movie ever being released in a trailer. I'm going to be really mad if that happens, but I will 100% still go see it. I think think it's likely. According to IMDb, which, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty good. I, I trust them. They say that Avengers expected May 3rd, 2019. Yeah. And, and they'll bump it up a week because that's Spi- what they do. Yeah. Spider-Man, July 5th, 2019. Yeah, July. That's what so, I figured. It'd be the July because yeah. that's when they did the, the like homecoming. Like or homecoming yeah. well yeah ant-man has been a summer property home uh, spider-man's been a summer property yeah. and guardians was a summer property I would 100%. except they changed guardians for the second version <laughs> but they've been there because they needed something to go in the doctor strange slot with guardians uh, 2 and doctor yeah. strange were both fall properties yeah. as was ragnarok um so the other big leak of course was the toy release where it looks like thor and rocket have their pym suits on so we're assuming we're going quantum realm could be interesting. In the fourth movie. Thor and Rocket. But the, the back of that realm. toy also said, f- join the Avengers as they take on their new most dangerous threat. Which would allude to the fact that they're fighting someone... Other than Thanos. In fact. Dun, dun, but a property that Disney would have to own... Which obviously can't be Galactus because they don't yet officially own Galactus and they've wrapped on the shooting of the movie. Yeah. My best two theories, Perna prediction, sure to go wrong. Elsa. Elsa. Okay, we're going to lock her out. An Avengers Frozen crossover. We're going to lock her out of the office. (laughs) So Perna's prediction, sure to go wrong, part two for today for Avengers 4. I... 
I think the things that make the most sense in my brain are either the Living Tribunal, which would be very, very epic and I think dangerous because it would probably mean the movies are going to end because once you introduce the Living Tribunal into the comics, it's sort of like introducing God in the machine. Mm. like And because basically, like you're saying, that there is, you're identifying... Sort of that that because the only one above the living tribunal in the comics is essentially the one above all, who oh. is only ever spoken of, um, in the comics. The one the one above all, the only time he's even taken shape in the comics is when he he embodied the actual person of Jack Kirby when the Fantastic Four met him at the end of the universe. I didn't know all these comics. And he showed up as a bartender at the end of the universe. That seems right. And um, oh that's the only time the one above all... That's a good name for a bar. ...has actually... The one above all? The end of the universe. The end of the universe. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, but... So the Living Tribunal, I, I, th- I don't like the direction of that if it does go that way. I keep thinking in my mind that it could be a resurrected Hela as death. That would be so cool because I felt like Hela did not get enough and i think a resurrected hella as death and here's my thing on that if that was what happened how meta would that be because in the first avengers as michael reminded us on the podcast the line from the first movie was to take on the avengers is to to court death death. and thanos Thanos is in love with death that could be so cool. Ooh, I want that one. I want that. But I think, I think it's unlikely. And no, Hela's so cool. I think it's I unlikely, but the, but there's there's Perna's second theory, sure to go wrong. How angry would Because people? it all would make sense for the next thing to be Galactus. It just makes sense. Yeah. How angry do you think people would be if they used a villain that like didn't exist in the comics? I don't even know what we're like. Wh- uh, what universe are we in right now? <laughs> we're not in a like, universe. I just, I feel I like I saying, just like left the universe. I know, right? That's what I'm saying, though. Like, what if? I mean, this is the Russo brothers. What if they just? Oh my gosh! I don't even know where we are right now. I broke him. I was sitting. Ah! In cl- I was sitting in class <laughs> yesterday, and one of the undergraduate pedagogy students. So we hadn't mentioned them all week. All one right, of the undergraduate though. pedagogy students was asking me if I watched Marvel movies again. I'm sorry. What? Who was this? <laughs> Do they know where? And and Isaac Woodward sort of turned to him and looked at him and was like, "Oh, was it look- Blake?" Yes, in fact, I knew it. And, and Isaac Woodward was <laughs> like, Isaac Woodward was like, and I of course gave my normal. Well, clearly you don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. I wish you had been wearing. Like, and then I Marvel was like socks. blowing the entire undergraduate pedagogy's <laughs> mind because they were all under the impression that everyone who had dissolved was dead. They're and not never dead. coming back. Did they go see the movie? Uh, oh my god! And, and I was like talking about the soul verse. So and what, what's wrong with them? Then they're stupid. How can you watch the movie and no, think I'm all those talking about? Are dead? They're in the soul verse. <laughs> okay, never mind. Oh. I don't want to know. The soul stone <laughs> has its own universe. Thanos basically god, dissolved so half of humanity. Uh-huh. And they're they all in the soul verse. And if dead. they're not all it's in the okay. soul verse, then where are they? They're they're coming back. Don't worry. They're about in the soul Don't worry about them. Don't concern yourself with those that are gone. Mm, that, that came out wrong. Because I mean, how can they release another Spider-Man movie in July? Right. Anyway. Spider-Man will be dealing with Tony's death. What? Ooh, what if that's why he's great? That's not canon. That's one of Perna's predictions 
Actually, no, I agree. I think I think Tony will 100% Iron die. Man has to go down. He, Sorry. If he survived that last movie, he's... Ooh, if anything, he becomes him. his own artificial intelligence. Oh, I liked Iron Man. And he Whoa. joins with I the nanotech. I think I watched some of those when I, I was saw 15. A Dan, I just read, read, listened to an audio book of a Dan Brown book that kind of does that, where like... this techie genius like dies and kind of becomes his interface it's really it's been done in science fiction for decades yeah, it's a cool concept topic for next week that you can think about oh dear let's hear it in the 1940s and 50s the early years of science fiction okay 20s it really goes back to sort of metropolis was sort of the first really thing of science oh, fiction so this is something i existed. can think about and not leah sure <laughs> <laughs> it, up and through the golden age of Hollywood okay. if you were a great actor you really didn't do science fiction okay in modern day times it's no one would even think of anything if some great actor did uh, science me, fiction what do you think Benedict Cumberbatch is okay well I mean and, and let's go back what Here's a my great actor. He's a very fine Shakespearean actor. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about what has he done in science fiction? Doctor Strange. I mean, okay, so it's superheroes and not quite science fiction. Okay, but but, but certainly, I mean, you know, and he was in Star Trek. Oh, David Tennant, Love Shakespearean David Tennant. actor. But let's even go back a step further to Jean Luc Picard, Patrick oh, Stewart gosh, himself. Why am I not surprised? This is and here is my gone. question I pose to you all. Okay. Was it Patrick Stewart's doing that allowed great actors to be leading men in science fiction? And women. And women. Now, okay, but I think if you go back to women, I actually think there's an argument to be made that that came first. I actually already have thought Sigourney Weaver in Alien. I don't know anything about this. Because Sigourney Weaver in Alien, and I mean, granted, you could also argue that John Hurt was in Alien. John Hurt was also a wonderful actor. But I can't go back any further than Alien. But I still think that in the modern era, it was Patrick Stewart that made it okay for great actors to be leading actors, men or women, in science fiction. I already have opinions on this that like I don't count don't, Star Wars. Don't entirely no that don't I don't count Harrison Ford that don't entirely like coincide like they're not against your opinion but they're not like i don't think that's a hundred percent it but this is for next week's podcast so i must stop so we'll come back to that that's it that's a, and we'll feelings. also come back to our laryngeal yes. airway sub sound pressure level business yeah uh and all that uh, i'm very excited this week i was invited to be a speaker at the mississippi state voice symposium in january oh, so we'll have that to look forward to. I'm going to go up there and talk about technology in the voice studio. Everyone's shocked. Actual Damn. pop culture news that is this not what was. you guys call pop culture. What is that? Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande broke up, and I'm really sad about it. That's all I have to say. I know who Ariana Grande is, so that's that. That's a thing, right? Is Pete right? Davidson the one that... He's on SNL. Oh, well then I don't, I don't know who, who that human Shows is. Who's what I know? You know oh, what? you know what? I'm thinking of who's the guy? Is it Wentz? Something Pete Wentz? Is that a guy? <laughs> yes, that's he has a black guy. hair. Things in Fallout. Something. Yes. Oh my God. Ariana Grande. Actually, this is perfect to end rap here with next week. Oh, she's playing. Um, uh, she's playing Alphaba. Yeah, she is. In the which wicked I don't know how to. F- how I like Ariana Grande, so but many feelings. I we'll think see. everyone is just assuming that since Kristen and Adina are co-hosting the event, they'll sing that something? they'll sing. Well, they'll sing for good at the end 
obviously. But does that mean I want to sit through Ariana Grande singing? See, like, I think she's she's a great a singer. good singer, but it just, I always, like, I feel sad. Like, there are just so many musical theater singers out there who... My favorite, my, my still my favorite Elphaba, but pers- personal, just is totally Perna's opinion. My favorite Elphaba is still Shoshana Bean. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, same. it's just. Yeah. I'm a little obsessed with. Gosh. Oh gosh, I'm I'm gonna butcher her name, and I'm sorry. Oh, the, the German that you Tarkai. had. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Well, I don't even. I've not even heard. She's her. amazing. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, Sarah Whoa. played me her singing. Uh, uh Wizard and I. No. No. Is it for no? It's the the one that goes da 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 elikanama nama. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh uh huh uh huh. Where she's casting the spell. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love her. Cool. She has a beautiful belt. All right, quick breakfast. Ugh, yogurt. And I dropped it on the floor. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, takeaways? Any takeaways from this week? I'm tired. Um, you know. Procrastination is the worst because you sit there and like I think sometimes the hardest part of a project is literally just making yourself start it. And sometimes I you just got to procrastinate this week. I just literally make it happen. Had that much to do. Be a grown up and make it happen. I like it. Yeah. I th- I had to do that last night cuz first I threw a temper tantrum. I would I like up. to say as much as I enjoyed Parks and Rec, the recommendation of these two, loved it. Absolutely so glad oh, that gosh. I've watched I the entirety of Parks this. and Rec. Yeah, I'm about to get really mad at you. I'm not good thing certain leaving. yet. Okay. About my opinion of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay, I accept that because it. Took I'm me only eight episodes in, and I'm feeling it. I feel, and I get very iffy in shows first seasons, yeah, because I'm not sure that they know what they're doing yet. See, I don't think Brooklyn Nine Nine had that problem. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine is just so character driven that it takes the audience a while to just like that you have to be invested in the characters first here's the thing about the characters that's bothering me what it when they started it seemed as if these people had been working together for a long time yeah and yet because they need to let the audience in on all their inside jokes they're having to treat each other as if they haven't been working together for a long time. Well, you're thinking you're about this way more than I this. It is a funny show. But I will show. say, it took me a while to get where I was like, Jake Peralta I felt like is I was my soulmate. super into it. See, I didn't even like him that much at first. His character actually <laughs> kind of annoys me sometimes. It's the <laughs> yeah. other characters I'm I I'm surprised love. you went there, actually. Okay. Why? Leah's I would have like, probably pegged another character, but okay, I'll go with For her. my soulmate? Oh uh, well, I just, I just maybe I'm thinking more just self awareness. Oh, oh, she loves Gina. I love Gina. Y- okay, yeah. <laughs> and Rosa, like honestly, they're all awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love Rosa and Gina gets better. I forgot, like as I said, that I love Gina. I mean, she's still f- hilarious to all of them, but she's slightly less mean in the later seasons. That's always nice. So that's good. Okay, we are we are completely out of time. Yep. That's um, my takeaway for this week. Uh, we're gonna have a great week. Everybody have a good week. Hey. It's the, 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 we're getting close to the darkness, folks. The darkness is coming. I'm begging everybody, be in the gym, hydrate, and start taking your vitamin D. Oh, my gosh. He's talking about winter. <laughs> and 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 it's time to start caring for your mental That's health, really okay? Concerned. We Just are. It is definitely the season. Late. Be running, <laughs> taking your vitamin D, Whoa. hydrate. S- do something proactive for your mental health and physical health. I All right. Know. Love you guys. I Bye. Know.